0: Welcome for Outlander Season 1, Episode 7, The Wedding. I'm Don Bitters. And I'm Nick Stone. And this is Gaelic Guys, an Outlander podcast where we watch Outlander, drink scotch, and let you know our terribly uninformed opinions about both. This episode is The Wedding, uh, which is, you know, basically we're seeing what is the Scottish version of A Shotgun Wedding. Between Jamie and Claire.
1: Yeah, the moment we've all been waiting for, let's be honest. Because sexy Sexy, <laughs> sexy sex time. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're talking about.
0: You know, it's a it's very much, a you know, what a day went by. So very much a shotgun wedding. You know, we jump from, it's kind of like, as you stated, was it's a flashback, although it also might be a flash forward chronologically, so... Right,
1: because the time travel aspect of the show makes it kind of hard to put it. But yes, in... Claire's personal timeline <laughs> she flashes back to the day she got married to Fla- Frank Randall which was another shotgun wedding
0: right yeah really quickly done yeah I spur done. of the moment on the street and before she'd even met his parents which, which of course is you know for proper proper English people that's ooh, taboo I think it says a lot about Frank's parents probably
1: he's like <laughs> You, if you meet these people, you're not going to marry. Me. This is.
0: He's like, I'm going to lock it down before they come into the picture.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, some of his relatives include <laughs> Captain Blackjack Randall. And so they his all
0: parents. look exactly like him.
1: <laughs> Miss, the, the mother of Frank Randall is played by the same
0: actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, in this flashback slash for, forward, we see. Frank and Claire get married, and then boom—we're at the moment of Jamie and Claire being married.
1: Yeah. So there's a you know, there's a very like non-linear way this particular story gets told, which I think is really effective here. Because
0: mm-hmm. um, otherwise, it's two people just sitting in a room talking, right? For yeah. it's, ten hours. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I mean, as much as I love to just watch people talk at each other, this this was a more interesting way to tell mm-hmm. the
0: story. Yeah, because we're flashing back to various beats. As Jamie and Claire are kind of talking about their day basically leading up to the wedding. Mm. And we start off with Jamie and Claire talking in, I guess, the wedding bedroom? I don't know if you'd call it, but basically... Yeah, the honeymoon suite suite, in this case. Yeah, you know, and... The uh, honeymoon suite in the drafty castle.
1: And they're trying to figure out how to kind of get past the really awkward portion of a wedding where you don't really know each other and you know this is it's like how How many weddings
0: have you done yeah they're a lot
1: (laughs) they're all almost complete strangers in the weddings I perform but like you know can you imagine you've met this person relatively recently you're Mm -hmm. forced to get married at a moment's notice and now you're actually expected to consummate the wedding and prove mm. it to the guests waiting outside that night and so i can't imagine a more awkward kind of mm. first date scenario and so we watch them break the yeah. tension
0: though to claire's credit i mean like nothing gets frank but i consider this she's she's moving up in the world in terms of partners
1: right i mean it's, it's physicality specifically it's, yeah is frank an heir to a scottish castle i don't think so he has huge
0: <laughs> tracts of land. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so we jump back again to Dougal being the creepy uncle talking to Jamie about the actual act of you know marrying Claire and everything like that, and basically you know talking about what would need to happen and why they need to do this in order to save her life.
1: Right. So it's really again yet another moment of like noble Jamie marrying Claire to save her. You know, it's yet another. Uh, moment in his favor showing what a decent person he is
0: while at the same time showing how creepy Dougal is yeah because he's all like ah if you're not going to well I'm going to get that yeah right (laughs) it's super creepy yeah Uh, so we jump back to them in the honeymoon suite and right when they're about to basically kiss like get into like some sort of intimate moment uh, Claire's like ah and no by asking about Jamie's family which Jamie is all too eager to talk about cut to Five hours later, like, <laughs> right. night has fallen. Yeah, He's still talking about his family.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, they, they do pretty much every, like, time is passing, cliche, film editing thing. Short of, like, oh, these candles were tall, and now they're short. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it gets darker. They move around the room. Their their clothes get more, dishe- you know, it's just the classic, like, look how long this is taking. As they're
0: knows. drinking, right. constantly, and no bathroom breaks.
1: There's got to be a chamber pot in there. Come on. These are civilized Scots people.
0: Yeah. So as uh, they kind of get more and more intoxicated and Clara finally gets more comfortable, she says, "Well, well, I guess we should go to bed. And Jamie throws out the zinger, bed or sleep.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Which if he did not look like our hero huge man would be like a really lame, creepy line. Like, if you picture... He's a virgin. Right. Like, if you picture um, McLovin from Superbad saying... (laughs) It's it's horrifying. But, you know, in this case... Yeah.
0: It helps that it's, you know, a huge, attractive Scottish man saying it. Right. As he moves to undo her corset, five hours later...
1: Yeah, yeah, we get another (laughs) montage, basically, because these people wear more clothes than anyone has in the history of humanity.
0: And they quickly proceed to actually having sex. Right. And you know, Jamie, like, I'm going to have sex with you five seconds later.
1: Yeah, I thought it was really weird that they did the um, crossover at this point with the Pixar Cars series where it's proven that Jamie's the only thing faster than Lightning McQueen. In yeah. the, oh <laughs> <laughs> this,
0: for, for, for the record, here as he explained the joke. My face just fell <laughs> horrified. As hopefully all of yours did. But yeah, no,
1: this is a, a rather quick affair not to be, you know, not to be frowned upon necessarily
0: for our mm. young virginal lad. But. I will say is done with pretty much complete silence and in a very, like, awkward way. Like, I, intentional, I would assume. Right. Like, one step away from they needed to add a laugh track to this. Right. Yeah, there's in, obviously
1: very intentionally no music over this, unlike as we will come to find out later subsequent similar scenes yeah. which this, are very lusty. Yeah, this is this is definitely if if you know if you were, perhaps if you read the book and you know exactly what's going to happen you wouldn't be disappointed but if you've heard a lot about Outlanders as we had leading mm-hmm. up to this and then it's like this this show has so much sex and it's the hottest show on TV yeah. so much sex and then you watch this really awkward brief moment where she's like you're crushing me and then four (laughs) seconds
0: later it's over you you might feel a little disappointed yeah you can you can almost hear the badumch. yeah uh and then jamie of course questions like oh oh, well did you ever did you like it because i liked it did you like it right and then tries to like almost like distract from it by trying to make a joke that he assumed english people did it like horses well I thought he was
1: saying that he thought all people did it like horses like he didn't understand that human sex was was possible yeah like he was like oh I've seen sex the horses you know from behind (laughs) and then it's like oh no so yeah now he knows two positions face to face and horsey style (laughs) yeah which which quickly after this scene we segue into maybe my favorite part of the episode when we have um the sexy fiddle player which i can only assume is the scottish equivalent of the sad trombone sound yeah where, where the fiddle player for the wedding plays the as, as jamie
0: has left the wedding suite to go fetch food for claire uh yeah. and goes down the stairs it's like does just that like was it the whistle or? Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's almost like a wolf whistle just, on this fiddle. Yeah, it's just yeah, the closest
1: we could come to like comedy sound effects, while still maintaining any like level of believability. Or, yeah, though this
0: is the show that gave us sheep jazz and horse jazz. So. That's true. That's true. So we also learned that Jamie had been taking advice from his friends, including Murtaugh and uh, Cool Uncle, cool, and uncle. also <laughs> and also Creepy Uncle, yeah, Dougal.
1: Yeah, Dougal's advice to don't be e- too eager to look like you want to please your lady, which it sounds like Dougal has never had the problem of being yeah, <laughs> I don't, appearing to and be I don't too think, eager to please. I also don't
0: think Dougal has ever had the problem of being mistaken for like a, a sex expert. <laughs>
1: yeah. Then they, oh, they have one of my favorite lines in this: you know, uh, Jamie goes back upstairs, and Claire asks, Any more whiskey? To which Jamie says. Always. Which is also the motto of this podcast. Little, little
0: known fact. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's not, I think yeah, that should become our official tagline. Yeah. Any more whiskey? Always. Hashtag whiskey. <laughs> we go into another flashback where we learn that, you know, I, I, we'll, I will preface it with. So as Jamie's moving in to like, be like, oh, round two, Claire immediately distracts from it because, you know, she doesn't want to spend the next five seconds having sex. Uh, by commenting on his kilt, which leads us to another flashback about the importance of this particular kilt. Right. That it is the Frasier colors, mm-hmm. because apparently the clans had colors like the crypts and the bloods
1: do. Right. Similar, but different. Well, you know, it's it's kind of funny because it's like a lot of the, you know, the those gang colors back in the day, they were like plaids, you know? So yeah. it was like red plaid <laughs> shirts or blue plaid. So it's yeah. like not totally <laughs> different you know yeah. not quite a tartan plaid but you know you kind of got the checked shirt thing happening mm-hmm. so
0: so Dougal is on the hunt for a priest and a church per jamie's request in order to marry claire because jamie doesn't come you know free right yeah so, no he's got demands so he requested that he be they be married by a priest in a proper church as Dougal and one of his henchmen have hunted down basically like the worst priest ever. Right.
1: Yeah, this guy. I just have like
0: kidnapped
1: priest written here (laughs) because no one could be less enthusiastic about marrying a couple of people under some uh, obscure to me Mm. church doctrine rules about announcing the bans of the wedding for three weeks prior to a marriage.
0: And then we get into what is probably my favorite part of this episode. Forget all the sex stuff. Mm. The priest and Dougal's hunchman engage in quoting scripture at each other, and it's a straight up gospel fight. Right. Like they're trying to like out maneuver each other, as it quickly devolves into like them like nitpicking over the the fine elements of gospel fighting. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. While well, simultaneously having a, a an early version of the uh, crocodile Dundee, that's not a knife. This is a knife <laughs> yeah. kind of scene. <laughs> Or, or the uh, much less catchy version of the Scotsman who brought a knife to a
0: considerably larger knife fight. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, and so once that has like fallen on its face, as Dougal is just like, screw this. Right. Uh, what? Dougal resorted to violence to solve a problem? <laughs> Weird. No, no, not just violence, but we quickly learned the fastest way to a priest's heart. Is bribery with windows
1: yeah this as, is this is where Dougal turns into Oprah
0: you get windows and you get windows as the priest is basically complaining about how directed the church is because it has no windows right. and Dougal immediately offers well what if you had some windows and the priest like just bends over backwards like how many marriages do you want to have <laughs> yeah. Instantly, I can do ten in a day <laughs> yeah. so we also then learn through flashback as well that the ring is something that Jamie had requested that we don't yet know why this is the case, mm. but it, that it would be made from, I guess it's an iron key?
1: Yeah, it looks like some sort of, you know, pretty basic iron key that we don't know the significance of. And even Jamie won't admit in this episode why it's significant.
0: So once we, the ring is made with, uh, you know, the two, with, uh, what do we call them? Toodledee, dum oh yeah Tweedledee <laughs> and Tweedledum um, go off to yeah, yeah. They, they they basically Dougal figured they couldn't screw up getting a ring made out of a key
1: right though there were way more instructions than I like thought there would be for this because they're not the key's not to be melted down they're supposed to save the blade and the bowl big question marks because I didn't know these words yeah. either and like you know they're they're made fun of for not knowing these words when they're talking to the blacksmith, um, but from the central portion of
0: that key, mm. there's uh, this ring is made. Yeah. You know, as a cool uncle is tasked with going and hunting down a wedding dress, which is the third request.
1: Right, uh, sexy that, accountant Ned, yeah, getting his game on. Yeah, yeah no, like Mister CPA Ned here yeah. as with the with the heavy coin
0: purse. So mm. as he goes into the local brothel attempting to track down a dress, because, of course, that's the first place you look. Uh, Fortunately, he does find one that's being offered to him, as he's resisting the temptations of the many, many women. And the one nipple The one scene, yeah.
1: Bringing the nipple total of this episode, we believe, and fans fact-check us on this, to five. Five, Yeah, I think it's a five-nipple episode. This is a five-nipple episode. Yeah.
0: Uh, So, but the dress is one shilling, though we quickly learn there are fees attached to this, which is... The dress being packed, well, Ned is led off by one of the ladies of the evening. Right, uh, a, a buxom lass
1: who he's cl- he clearly has his eye on mm. during this entire process. Mind
0: you, all of these little short flashbacks and like tangent stories are all stories that Claire and Jamie are talking to each other about. Right. So th- these are not things that are actually happening in real time. They're actually happening as they're talking about it throughout the night, which also indicates this is the longest wedding night conversation
1: ever. Right. It also, I mean, you know, even Claire balks a little at the stories about Ned, that, you know, as a natural and gifted storyteller, Jamie might be, you know, embellishing these stories a mm-hmm. little bit. He might not be the most reliable narrator in this case for exactly what happened with Ned's, you know, brothel adventure or whatever. But, you know, hey, it makes for good TV, so. I've seen Ned's brothel adventure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Major spinoff.
0: So then we actually jump to the wedding itself, where the show goes from being basically like, you know, erotica or softcore porn mm. to fashion porn. As right. Claire's dress, which we've been informed, is actually a very intricate thing described in the book, mm-hmm. uh, which is given plenty of screen time here in like full glory of every detail of this dress. Right. Like that, this dress was shot the way that Michael Bay shoots cars.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, because like up to this point, most of these um, experiences we've been hearing about in these kind of flashbacks throughout the day have been Jamie's experiences. And then Jamie asks Claire, so like, what do you remember about the day or like, what were you doing all day Mm -hmm. today? And she holds up a nearly empty bottle of whiskey so it explains that her recollections of the day are considerably fuzzier yeah. up until the point where they see each other. And I really do love yeah. there's
0: a moment where they're like trying to wake her up. Mm. And it's like they shot the whole thing on like a fisheye lens. Right. So it's all like screwed up and dist- everything's distorted. And she's just like getting up and like, Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's
1: having a heck of a hangover on her wedding day because of the understandable mixed feelings about becoming a bigamist. You know, mm. but you know.
0: So, during this wedding flashback, and everything that Claire remembers, she realizes that she doesn't actually know Jamie's real real name. Mm. And so Jamie proceeds to tell her. Cut to five hours later.
1: Yeah, does anyone really need five names? It seems like too many names. Yeah, you're gonna be honest, even he, if you're a fancy Scotsman.
0: After Jamie get, reads off the the many many lists of names that he has, they're married. Uh, Dougal pops up for a surprise bloodletting. <laughs> Yeah,
1: that blew my mind because I was like, oh, wow, it's amazing how much of this ceremony is very similar to weddings you might see today. Even the vows are very, oh, my God, they're slitting wrists.
0: What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, I've I've seen things like that done before and, like, you know, mostly in narratives and stories and stuff. But, like, it's always, like, with the palm. Right. Not, like, you know, straight, let's just go for the vein. So after the bloodletting, uh, we kind of go back to the honeymoon suite. Where instead of like you know, our very PG po- uh, PG sex up to this point, right? Which you know like it's basically clothed, but you don't really see anything. Right. We're in like nope. We are full blown naked now.
1: Yeah. There's a naked fashion show where Jamie has to strip, and Claire walks all around him, paying special attention to his buns of steel, <laughs> and then you know fair's fair as Jamie puts it, and he gets to admire Claire backing up upon initially seeing her, presumably so as not to impale her. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, sort of a mutual admiration thing going on for the uh, each other's nude
0: forms. Mm-hmm. So as they proceed to have sex, we, of course it's not without, it's still awkward moments of Jamie not understanding that, oh, women can orgasm too, and believing <laughs> that he's hurting Claire in the process. Right.
1: Which gets twisted around pretty quickly because Claire shows to us that she's not averse to a little pain being introduced into the yeah. pleasurable experience No, here. no, and like, yeah,
0: the audience knows that Claire is very much like this, like, full sexually liberated woman. Right. Which, I mean, maybe that even does, like, on a more serious note, like, maybe that even does... She feels averse to this because of her relationship with Frank that she, you know, expects to go back and see. Right. Even someday soon. But at the same time, like, she's probably has this aspect of it where it is... For her, maybe just sex. Mm. Like, I mean, they don't really go dive into any sort of like actual emotional levels of this. Mm-hmm. She seems very kind, but there doesn't seem to be any sort of like deeper romantic interest beyond the physical, right? For them, yeah. And you know, with Jamie, it's like, yeah, of course he, you know, he looks like a great god, but he's got the sexual experience of a twelve-year-old, like a twelve-year-old, like in uh, the Tom Hanks
1: movie Big. With the extremely problematic sex scene in which a full-grown woman takes
0: a 13-year-old or 12-year-old to bed. The 80s were a weird time, man. It was a weird time. It was also like the time when it was like movies had, like the teenage boy always had like a full-grown woman love interest. Oh, yeah. That's so weird. Like a lot of movies of that time. Like, you know, even like early 90s, like Blank Check. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And she's like, call me in a few years. And it's like,
1: what's happening here?
0: So, as Jamie discovers that, yes, the female orgasm is a real thing, he promptly passes out. (laughs) So, fulfilling every possible cliche trope. Right. Of, like, a first time, like...
1: The deflowering of Jamie. Yes. Which was the original episode title, I believe.
0: (laughs) So, Jamie has sex and immediately passes out. And we see Claire going off and basically really kind of... I I guess she just having, like, a kind of, like questioning of it?
1: I'm sure she's feeling a lot of mixed feelings, and they, they allude to that a lot throughout the episode, but I mean their basic motivation here, like she's looking for some water, you know, and she goes mm-hmm. and looks and the jug's empty and so she wraps herself up in this this, this wedding kilt, basically that right, Jamie's that borrowed and then wanders downstairs because like the jug in their room is empty presumably mm-hmm. having already been used to replenish themselves after their first brief sexing
0: and the like gallons of alcohol they've imbibed. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Hopefully they're keeping hydrated because they're going to have wicked
0: hangovers after this day. <laughs> so, as Claire goes downstairs, Dougal quickly shows up and goes from basically being very helpful and talking about how he had stopped Randall from basically hunting her down and potentially doing killing her or doing far worse to her mm. to immediately flipping the switch to net back to creepy and mere sexually assaulting her. Other than the fact that Tweedledee comes in and is all like, hey, guys, yeah, you go, girl.
1: Yeah, it's this weird thing, kind of a little, unfortunately, reminiscent of like Braveheart, where there's almost this like prima nocta thing like, hey, you know, I know that's your husband, but don't let that stop you, baby. And it's like, oh, God, try to be creepier. Where where does
0: the line start? (laughs) Where does the line start? Yeah, right, Exactly. (laughs) Oh, not pleasant.
1: No, thank you.
0: So as Claire goes up back upstairs, Jamie literally gives her a pearl necklace.
1: Very literally, yes. Entirely yep. literally. I mean, no
0: innuendo here. Just you know, I know how it sounds, but gives gives Claire his mother's pearls
1: all around her neck. Yep. And then they go for like round three, which <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he you know, it's even it's this sort of very emotional scene where he's like these are my mother's pearls. They're one of the few things yeah. I have left of her. They're very important to me, just as you're important to me. And then they, like, jump into sex with, like, his mother's pearls bouncing between yeah. their chests, and it's like...
0: It was really strange, but only because, yeah, he just had this really deep emotional thing, and he's all like, yeah, these pearls get me hot. I didn't really understand the uh,
1: sexual motivation for it. But anyway, they, they seem to look right past that. They're yeah. not slowed down in the slightest.
0: No, not at all.
1: As Jamie discovers a third position in addition to -to face-to-face and horsey style.
0: (laughs) So as they wrap up round three, the next morning we see them kind of like being like, all right, great night of sex. All right, no hangover whatsoever.
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) They're evidently very young people who do not feel the effects of alcohol.
0: Either that or that scotch is really watered down. So as Jamie goes downstairs, Claire gets up, shakes out the wedding dress, only to find the ring she has from Frank.
1: Right, her original wedding ring, because that, she's married to two different people
0: now. One in the past, one in the future. We're leaving off Claire now with essentially this horrible conundrum of she is now a woman with two husbands.
1: I feel like marriage laws don't really have the ability to cover time travel that yeah, way. I was going to say,
0: like, I don't think there's too many rules in the, the English church regarding time travel. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'd be I'd be curious to see what the Bible has to say about time traveling marriage <laughs> vows. Uh,
0: so this week we are drinking uh,
1: in honor of this grand wedding. We're having a bottle of uh, Glenfiddich twelve year single malt Scotch whiskey, which is a, it's a very very fine whiskey.
0: It's one of those ones where that you're always told like, oh yeah, this is the best kind. This is the best kind. But Glenfiddich actually is really good. It's uh, not terribly smoky. We've yeah. got you know
1: a lot of of oaky flavors, a little bit of a vanilla. What I've sort of been impressed by tonight is that it's really, it's so smooth and easy drinking. It's like mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about it too much, yeah. you know, as, as we've been. Yeah, because with it. some
0: scotches, what you're really doing is you have to, like, commit yourself to each and every sip. <laughs> right. This is going to be an experience. Yeah, really pleasant. That is our episode. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this, subscribe. Please, you know, tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Tell people about this podcast and let them know. Yeah. So thank you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.